Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Five minutes past nine o'clock here on News Talk 1110 WBT. See? You have it now. You got, got swag. Shirt. Well, that's because he didn't. Program manager just came in, Mike Schaefer. Great guy. Um, he came in and gave me a, a shirt. So now WBT you're, shirt. You're official. Three shirts. Yeah. Wow. And uh, that's that was my graduation present for yeah. um, y'all. You don't know this. Neither one of you know this. But last week after I said some apparently inappropriate, insensitive things to you and Beth that I was sent to sensitivity training. And, uh, oh, they, they're going to send me there today. Days. Yeah, That's yeah, weird. you're going to get sent. I'm going to write my memo today by AI, by artificial <laughs> intelligence. We'll send a memo. But Good job. They did so really I went to sensitivity job. training during the past several days. Don Lemon was in my class. That was kind of fun. Oh, um, oh, kind of oh, interesting yeah. guy. Uh, I was wondering where, you know, he hadn't been we, on we, Well, we did the sensitivity <laughs> training in Miami Beach. Um, <laughs> That's where he spent the last week or two, apparently. He sent me. So Radio One sent me to sensitivity training, and um, I just want to let you know I'm, I'm a new person. I no longer hate Bo Thompson. I just strongly, strongly dislike. I, you're trying to you're trying to ruin the training. I'm trying the best I can. So um, I don't know if the sensitivity training worked, but we'll test it for the next hour. We're going to find out live. We're, we're on testing the air. your sensitivity. I today. mean, Don Lemon's now being allowed to come back on the air after saying that Nikki Haley was no longer in her prime. I never said that to you. That's good. Because uh, that would not have gone over well. I've said that about Bo, <laughs> <laughs> and that's allowed. Yes. Yes. I've been telling Bo for a long time he's beyond his prime. By the, the way, gray hair and everything, the haircuts. See, did you see what uh, Nikki Haley did in response to Don Lemon? Yeah, I liked it. She has now official koozies that you can buy on her website, and one says, pass my prime, and then the other one says, hold my beer. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I feel like I need to purchase some of those. That's a great idea. Just, you know, it's it's like when you're in a snowstorm and if your car starts swerving, you steer into the skid. Just steer into the skid. Actually, Don Lemon helped Nikki Haley. Yeah. Gave it more news stories about her announcement. He looked foolish. and uh, Well, he helped women, actually, too, because it generated the conversation that needs to be had. Because throughout, you know, especially in the entertainment world, you've seen... These, oh yeah! It, just the way that women are represented versus how, Especially how men are Especially if they're over forty. Yeah, I mean, you look see at, that in news all the time. You've you've felt that. Absolutely, absolutely. But, so it, it's a great conversation to have, and I love that she's steering into it. And I, I mean, it's a great conversation to have in a positive way. What he said was not the the great part well, of the I'm, conversation. Well, I just want to let you know, I've gone through the sensitivity training. I I got the shirts now. Uh, Mike said you're not going to get the shirts unless you go through sensitivity training. Yeah, I I'm, I'm proud of you for passing. Well, I had AI <laughs> take the <laughs> test for me. <laughs> See, you're steering into the See, skid. See, they say AI is kind of slanted toward the liberal. 
thing. So, well, I don't know. It's by the way, real quick. Speaking of speak of sensitivity training, I, I want to congratulate CPI Security, who's been a proud sponsor a lot on WBT, but. You have the story, Bo, real quick. And yeah, um, I'll read a bit of this from the Charlotte Observer. Uh, CPI Security uh, on Friday, a federal jury, I should say, on Friday awarded CPI Security Systems almost $190 million, finding that a competitor of the Charlotte company had used a rash of deceptive and improper sales practices to steal its customers. Uh, at the end of the eight-day trial, uh, again, this is from the Charlotte Observer, the jury unanimously found that Vivint Smart Home Incorporated... Out of Utah. Out of Utah, targeted CPI customers, then used misleading statements from saying it represented CPI or was buying out the Charlotte company to poach its business. And, and, and this was at the same time. They were using, I don't know if you remember, several years ago when I was on, on the show, um, CPI was being, I thought... Um, attacked unfairly by the woke police for a comment, a very legitimate comment about wanting to direct money to try to decrease violence and Black Lives Matter attacked them for it and one of their former employees and this company tried to take advantage of it. And a lot of people in Charlotte, the woke police canceled CPI, including the Panthers and the Hornets and the YMCA and uh Ken Gill and the many hundreds of employees that are headquartered right here in CPI didn't deserve it. And I'm just proud of CPI for fighting this, these very bad business practices by this Utah company that helped smear not only the company but the employees of the company. And, and God bless CPI for fighting, fighting them. And a federal jury awarded them for this. And a lot of the people in Charlotte didn't know that a lot of this was a coordinated effort against CPI and fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. I knew it was wrong because the things that CPI does for the YMCA, how they helped the police when I was mayor and city council, bought them vest, started the police foundation, raised millions of dollars for the police foundation, and then they get smeared. And um, some people drop CPI because of that the woke police and hey they fought it they went through three or four years of heck fighting this and won and a jury heard all the evidence and that company that came from outside to try to smear not only cpi they tried to smear a few other companies later on just to get business was uncalled for that's not the way we do things in north and south carolina so kudos to cpi and ken gill for standing up to the woke police and and fighting an unsavory company and winning and having a jury hear it. Ken Gill released a statement, uh, quote, while we're thrilled the trial ended in our favor, I want to be clear that this case is not just about CPI's business. He says, I That's hope right. today's verdict will stop uh, the deception for good. That's the class part of Ken Gill. Started the company right here, just a couple of people. You can see their company off of 485, their headquarters, and uh, I'm proud of them. I'm proud of them, regardless so, if they were sponsors here on BT or not. And we hung with them as opposed to some other people here. A lot of people owe them an apology, <laughs> and some are. Now, some are realizing they're hearing the truth and calling back CPI and going, hey, I, didn't, I had no idea that you were being smeared, not only publicly but some other another company knocking on the doors and saying smearing the reputation of a, some great employees. 
So uh, you've got an itch, an itching to hear a little George Michael, do you? Yeah, I got to <clears throat> I got to get some things off my uh, chest. And mm-hmm. by the way, if you can't take it, if you can't take the truth, if you can't handle the truth, you might not want to listen because I'm going to step on everyone's toes. It's a good thing I wore my comfy shoes today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to we're going to and we might even have time for a McCrory <laughs> top five. I've done so much. Wait, the guy who just graduated from sensitivity trading goes into the break saying, I'm going to step on everybody's toes. <laughs> I got to get something off my boy. It's See, really that's, working. That's there. what happens when you have A.I. take the, the final test. <laughs> we might have to take your shirts sensitivity. back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, that could happen. In fact, <laughs> HR is still at the window, yeah. knocking yep. on the window. They're coming to get the, the go- shirt. They, the governor is renting his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Pete. What is that? That's your song. Isn't that Ralph Tresdan? That's exactly right. I have no idea who Ralph Tresdan is. It's Tresvant, and it's okay. about you because you are Mr. Sensitivity. Sensitivity. Yeah. See, it's already leaving me. <laughs> you already forgot. <laughs> already I'm getting insensitive. Actually, uh, I'm going to make it leave for you right here. There you go. Oh, I love George Michael, which proves I'm a sensitive kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you like George Michael, you, you've got to be sensitive. Yeah. We're old. i got to get something off my chest. <laughs> This is something serious. You know, I, my heroes of my generation were two leaders, Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan. Mm. And one of the heroes in history of my father's generation was Winston Churchill. And why they were my heroes is they showed strength, they showed sensitivity, and they also loved freedom. And they hated communism and fascism. And they do anything to show peace through strength by standing firm against dictators like Hitler, Churchill, and the Russian leaders after following Stalin, Brezhnev, Khrushchev, and others. And one of the worst leaders around now that remind me of what my parents had to go through is Putin. And if you read Russian history, Putin is basically a Stalinist. And Stalin was about as bad as Hitler. Literally killed millions upon millions of people. Put them in concentration camps, very similar to Hitler. They were the two worst human beings of the last several hundred years, Hitler and Stalin. And Putin is a Stalinist. And I'm just wondering what If they were alive today, what Chamberlain, Reagan, and Thatcher, who I had the honor to meet and have lunch with one day right here in downtown Charlotte, would say if they heard commentators, including Tucker Carlton, basically blame the United States of America and Ukraine for the war in Ukraine instead of blaming Putin and his military establishment and his communist counterparts, because that's basically what's happening right now. We're putting the blame on us instead of Putin for this war, which could continue to escalate into a world war. But the, the blame cannot be put on the people of Ukraine or the leader of Ukraine 
it has to be put squarely on the feet of Putin. And there should be no question about it. Now, I have no problem with people, whether it be in the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, questioning our role in the war. But if they're going to question our role in the war, shouldn't they come up with some solutions? Or is their solution is just let the Soviet troops, excuse me, the Russian troops, invade Ukraine and slaughter an independent nation that was agreed upon in the early 1990s. They even removed their nuclear weapons and returned them back to Russia as part of this agreement, agreed to by Russia, agreed to by the United States. And now their sovereign borders have been taken over by a military takeover of Putin. Margaret Thatcher wouldn't put up with it. Boy, talk about a strong woman. Mm -hmm. Talking about a strong woman. Margaret Thatcher was the strongest of all people, regardless of gender. They called her the Iron Lady. She was. A fascinating personality, too. The hour I got to have lunch with her was just fascinating. I, I saw how her and Ronald Reagan could get along. But if Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher were alive today, they would not be saying this is Ukraine's fault for this, the Russia invasion. Now, a lot of you may disagree with me because I'm, I happen to disagree with Tucker. But he comes up with no solution. Now, they are fighting. This is a country of Ukraine that's willing to fight with only their troops, but they've asked for our weapons. How many times has that happened in our history? In, a, in Iraq, in, in Vietnam, they've all, we've always had to send troops. Here we finally have a company that's fighting a superpower and saying, we don't want your troops. We could use some weapons to fight this superpower invading our country. My gosh, that's a change. No, I don't want to send our troops over there either, and they don't want our troops. But they need our equipment. And it's time for us to stand up against Putin. Putin is a Stalinist. He wants to return us back to the USSR. Speaking of back to the USSR, those Ukraine women really knock me out. They leave the West behind. Those are lyrics of the Beatles song. Ukraine wants to defend its sovereign borders and its country agreed to by treaties. And it's time for us to stand up and not go back to the USSR. And by the way, Biden, President Biden, your energy policy isn't helping either because your energy policy here is making Putin even more powerful. So there's a lot of blame I want to pass around. But I'm standing with the people of the Ukraine and the president of Ukraine. And just because Biden is too doesn't mean I should go against you. Foreign policy should not be a partisan fight. It should be based upon logic and history and what we want the future to hold for not only us but future generation. And I vote for freedom. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
back on WBT. Good morning, BT. Bo and Beth and the governor, Pat McCrory, in the house as he is on Wednesday mornings. And we've been talking about uh, Putin. We've been talking about uh, Ukraine. And, and uh, I didn't have time at the end of the last break, but I, I do want to get your take and, and ask you what you thought of President Biden's decision a couple of days ago to uh, make a, a surprise trip to Kiev uh, and meet with President Zelensky. And this was not on the official itinerary. It didn't surprise me because I remember about three weeks ago, uh, the defense secretary was having a press conference and one of the reporters said, while the president's in Poland, will he go to Ukraine? And I remember the response was, that's not currently on our itinerary, which was signal to me. If he's going that close, he's got to get there now. For him to take a train, three to four hour train ride, I got to compliment him. I know some of you are going to be upset that I complimented Joe Biden, but I got a compliment. Trump did some great things going to Iraq. Mm-hmm. Biden, uh, Obama went to Iraq. Uh, you know, the history of LBJ going to Vietnam. I remember LBJ uh, as a young man going to Vietnam. It, it's, but to go into a specific war zone where we don't control the troops and we don't have control of the air, it was pretty risky. And to take a train for three or four hours— uh, who knows what could have happened, but I thought it showed a strong signal of strength, and uh, I'm not going to criticize Biden. I'll criticize him for his energy policy, which I think is disastrous and makes Putin and Russia even stronger. In fact, that's one of the only reasons the Russian economy is still standing is because of the Russian oil, um, because it's in demand. What did you think of Putin's speech? That he moved up. He's a nationalist. He's a Stalinist. He gave a speech no different than Stalin would or Khrushchev would. He appealed to the people of Russia to protect the motherland of Russia. And sadly, the people of Russia, except through maybe free of through some Internet, they block all Internet, giving the other side. So the, the majority of the people of Russia think they're under attack. Going back to World War II, you've got to remember Germany attacked Russia. And millions died. And they're now seeing Germany get involved to help Ukraine. And Stalin's taking advantage of history. And he's he's calling us fascist. He's a propagandist. Just like Lenin was, just like uh, Stalin was. And he's also a cruel man who, who will kill anyone who gets in his way. Have you noticed all these supposed suicides of all of a sudden all these Russians are being found at the bottom of their balcony? <laughs> 30 stories, they're all of a sudden being found dead. That's Putin. He's an evil person. You know, when Reagan was president, he called Russia the evil empire. Mm-hmm. And he got a lot of criticism from the liberal media. Now I'm seeing some conservative media defend Putin. Yeah, there and I don't get it. There's been a lot. There are people who who defend his talking points versus. I don't get it. I don't get it. Now I understand people being hesitant to because I lived through Vietnam and a lot of Vietnam was a big lie. Iraq, a lot of that was a big lie, and frankly, Afghanistan, a lot of that was a big lie. But this is an obvious superpower coming across the border, we see it on the tapes, we see his attacking hospitals, and we see him attacking civilians and and breaking the rules of the Geneva Convention of War. Um, 
getting these, he's hiring private troops to do the killing for him. In fact, the worry Putin might have is they might take over Putin. But this is the evil of Putin. And uh, he's given us signals of this, and we shouldn't kiss up to him. And by the way, we've made mistakes with Putin in the past. You know, Bush and Clinton, George Bush and, and Hillary Clinton both kind of went, oh, I see the soul of this man. Clinton said, we're going to re reboot. Trump all but kissed his butt during a press conference. Biden, when he was vice president, allowed, allowed uh, Crimea to be taken over as vice president. We had the Georgia situation, too. Under Absolutely. George w. So I'm going to commend the president and criticize him at the same time. I, I, I'm, I don't want our foreign policy to become a partisan issue. That doesn't mean we should question the foreign policy. But just because we have one party in control of the executive branch doesn't mean we should disagree with everything they do. Because I guarantee you right now, if Trump or Bush were president and they were fighting Ukraine, we'd probably have Democrats going, oh, this is terrible, only because it's a Republican president. There's a little hypocrisy here where we, if the ex president's not wearing our jersey, no matter what they do, we'll be against them. That's problematic, right? Yeah. Well, and, and that's back to, where you, it's back to where you started the segment, talking about the fact that, uh, you know, you don't uh, support a lot of what Biden says, but the fact that Biden made the decision to go into that zone, that was a that was a strong move. I, and I'm impressed with the Ukraine president. I know people, my conservatives are saying, why not protect the border? I agree with them. Why mm -hmm. not do both? <laughs> <laughs> or why not go to Ohio because of the train accident? Fine. Do both. Well, you have to do all those things. As you have president, to do right? all those things. When we come back, I have uh, three names I want to get your thoughts on. Three names that have been in the news this week for different reasons. Graham, Broyhill, and Carter. Hold on just a second. Bo is uh, the manager is coming in to take my shirts back because they heard wow. me say during the break that I hate you I during the break. I didn't say it on air. It only took three segments for you to lose your clothes. Wow. WBT. I'm a candidate at the urging of the traditional Republican leaders in our state who wanted someone at the top of the ticket who will have vote-getting ability and will be able to draw votes for the Republicans on the local ticket as well. Congressman Jim Broyhill is part of what many consider the more moderate wing of the Republican Party, the same wing that supported Governor Jim Martin in 1984. Still, this is a party that isn't used to primaries in North Carolina, and many are calling this a race for the heart and soul of the Republican Party. My record is one of stability and reliability. That was 1986. Mm. The voice of Jim Broyhill, and I actually learned uh, of this next story I want to ask the governor about from the governor and his uh, Twitter feed on uh, Saturday. He says, our friend Phil Kirk just sent out an email informing us that former Senator Jim Broyhill passed away this morning. Our state has lost a genuine statesman. Many of us also lost a mentor and a friend. Prayers to his wonderful family. Yeah, he and his family. Uh, I can't say enough about him and what he did in North Carolina. Both, by the way, both with Broyhill Industries up in the Hickory area and serving in the House, serving in state government, serving in the U.S. Senate. Um, he was a gentleman. And he was a conservative, by the way. I just heard the story. He was more moderate. He was moderate in the way he said things. He was conservative from a fiscal standpoint. 
and uh, he was a gentle soul. He was in the spirit of uh, Jim Martin. Um, I loved them both, and I thought they represented, they were statesmen. They were statesmen, and frankly, we need more of that in the Republican Party at this point in time. He uh, assumed the office when John East passed away. Right. John East uh, was, was a tragedy when he was, you know, John was a East Carolina professor and going through physical pain, and he took his own life um, while he was a U.S. senator, and, and uh, uh, Jim took his place and did an outstanding job, did an outstanding job filling in for the great John East. Yeah. And then he ran uh, officially uh, back in 1988 and mm -hmm. ended up losing to Terry Sanford, so— yeah, that was a big race, former Governor Terry Sanford, and uh, that was a huge North Carolina race. And uh, But but Broyhill helped bring the Republican Party back in North Carolina. Uh, he was really the beginning of uh, he and Jesse and John East of bringing conservatism to North Carolina at the federal level. And I just found him. I, I talked to him several times last year. Um, and he was just always giving me a, a, a gentle pat on the back going, keep it going, keep it going. Someone sent me a nice picture of me and him together after he passed, and I put it on my Facebook, and, and it just brought back good memories of him. Also want to get your take uh, on what was yesterday, the five-year anniversary of the passing of the Reverend Billy Graham. Mm. And, of course, uh, I've heard some of the stories you've told about Billy Graham and your interactions over the years. Uh, we carried the, the funeral. Uh, you were, were joined me for that uh, mm -hmm. the day from the Billy Graham Library. Uh, five years. I can't believe it's been five years since yeah, that happened. I, I just love the whole Graham family and Franklin. And just all of the, the Graham family is just great people. To, um, you know, I was with uh, Franklin, took me up to see Billy when I was governor uh, several months before he passed away up to a Montreat oh. area. And Billy Graham, he was, had oxygen tank. Mm -hmm. But the greatest thing at the end of our hour meeting, a, a fireplace, is nice little log cabin, very homely. It, mm -hmm. it, he was one of the people you get to know, and he, he meets your expectations and exceeds it. You know, sometimes you don't want to meet people that you're you don't impressed want to meet with. Your heroes, right. right. And he met all expectations. And I commend Tillis and Bud for trying to move, get that statue built before the woke police try to stop it in the uh, Capitol Rotunda representing the state of North Carolina. And, and my best to Franklin and, and the rest of the family and thinking about their, their dad. I said we had who, three people. By the way, grew up on Park Road. Yeah. The farm, the Graham. Right near where Park Road Shopping Center is mm -hmm. was the Billy Graham farm. Oh, yeah. Also want to mention, uh, this is obviously a big story, and, and um, I, I, we know what it's ultimately going to lead to, unfortunately, but uh, former President Jimmy Carter is now in hospice care in, uh, in Plains, Georgia. I had a great deal of respect for Jimmy Carter. You know, he was an engineer. He was a Navy, Navy military veteran, served on a nuclear submarine. He was a farmer. He was he was probably one of the smartest presidents we ever had. I think I think he got a bum rap, and I think part of the bum rap was his own Democrats never accepted a Southern governor from Georgia. They mocked him for his accent, and I think that's the reason he wasn't a successful de uh, uh, president was because Teddy Kennedy made his life hell. Teddy Kennedy could never accept that Jimmy Carter was president. And then Teddy Kennedy challenged him in his reelection campaign. And when Jimmy Carter beat him 
in the Democratic primary at the Democratic convention, Ted Kennedy refused to raise the president's hand of a united ticket because Ted Kennedy's ego was too great to do that. You know, a Kennedy versus a Carter. But and and many people say he was the greatest ex-president. And I met him several times here in Charlotte. He'd come and work on Habitat of Humanity homes right here in Charlotte. Now build them. He He was a heck of a carpenter and builder. And he and his wife are, you know, they're they're people of faith, and they were true to their faith. Whether you agreed with them politically or not, you couldn't challenge Jimmy Carter's character. Yeah, I mean, a Sunday school teacher up until, you know, just a few weeks ago. And he also went to the Billy Graham when I was governor, or was I mayor? I can't remember now. I think I was mayor when the Billy Graham Library was opened, and— he Jimmy Carter did not have a good. Um, that was mayor. Yeah, that was, that was mayor. I'm sorry, but we were backstage. I was with Bush and Clinton. I can't remember now. And Jimmy Carter and Jimmy Carter mm-hmm. and Jimmy Carter did not have a good relationship with Clinton. I don't think I can't remember now, but there was some tension there because Jimmy Carter would often give his opinion on foreign policy. By the way, Jimmy Carter was for voter IDs, by the way, because he pushed voter ID in other countries where they had other elections. He was a man of God. I'll tell you that right now. And um, my prayers are with the whole whole Carter family. Yeah. uh, Unfortunately, I think in the coming days, we're going to be talking more about him and his legacy because of obviously what will likely happen soon because he's in hospice care. But you're going to hear these discussions about what he did when he was in the White House. But he got he got killed by the Iranian. Yeah. But what I was going to say is there'll be debate about what happened while he was in the White House. But I think the thing that people come together on most is what he did post presidency. And he really sort of set the standard for what an ex president you know all the all the things he's yeah, done. Yeah, he didn't ha- he didn't cash in right. <laughs> at all. He didn't cash in. In fact, when he left the presidency, he put all his money in a blind trust, and he found out when he came back home to Plains, he was broke. The blind trust badly invested his money, and he didn't complain. He was a man of God. Mm-hmm. He, Just, he his priorities were right, and uh, he and right. Jocelyn were great people. I think we'll let you keep the clothes. Yeah. But you better hurry and get out the door fast.